Welcome to our group, The Encouragers, on the Clubhouse app. If you have been with us at some of our other live events, of course, you already know that our purpose is to be encouraging to radio pros at all levels. That's with all of our events. This is a special event called The Future of Audience and Revenue, featuring fresh national research directly from Futuri and Smith Geiger. You will want to know maybe what listeners are thinking, right? We've had kind of a unusual set of months behind us at this point with coronavirus or COVID-19, uh, some of the shutdowns that you've seen. Well, we have the information for you and it's coming up on this live event. Before we get started, we actually do an event every Monday called the Radio Rally and every Wednesday and that second event on Wednesday is called Innovation and Audio. These are rich content events with high quality pros and interviews for you. Those events, of course, are here on the Clubhouse app inside the Encourager itself. And of course, that happens at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Encouragers. Today's live event will be two podcasts. So that means we have two podcasts. You can get the event as a recorded on-demand feature after this live event by going to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast or the Encouragers Innovation and Audio podcast. We do think that the information we're about to share is uh, special enough to be shared on both of our podcasts. These podcasts will be available soon after the end of this live event, wherever you get your podcast. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. My name is Lloyd Ford, and I'm from Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. I help radio stations with 21st century problems. We're not stuck in the habits of yesteryear. Clients like our music lab, our morning show fame development coaching, and our branding candy, and what these tools can do to help them accomplish their goals in their local market. If you know someone who has ratings challenges or a competitive issue that they'd like to take care of, reach out anytime for confidential consultation. FORD at RainmakerPathway.com. We have another special event coming for you on October the 1st. If you are a programmer, an ops manager, a music director, or you simply are interested in making your music the best in your market, make plans to join us for our first ever Friday night live event on October 1st with music guru Guy Zapolian, who is well known, by the way, and has been for decades as absolutely one of if not the most elite expert when it comes to music selection and managing music for radio success. If you're serious about programming, developing audience for your radio station or developing audience anywhere with music, or you just want to be the best music director in your market, this is a must attend live event. Make time for this one and only event with Guy Zapolian on October the 1st. That event will also take place at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. The name of that event is Music Research and Rotations. Don't miss it October 
the first. One last thing, please connect with those on stage tonight and those in this room. We're big believers here on the Encouragers in networking for your broadcast career in 2021. And you certainly can meet the most interesting people during one of our live events. I do want to introduce the presenter of this live event and my co-host for today's live event, Erin Callahan. She is the Director of Enterprise Partnerships at Futuri Media. Erin, how are you? Lloyd, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me tonight. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm so grateful that you're here, and especially with the material that you've brought with you. As you know, Rainmaker Pathway is about consulting radio clients and local radio markets, giving them outside objective advice and helping them with strategy and listener behavior. Uh, Some people call that ratings. Whatever you want to call it, it's fine with me. Can you tell us, um, I'd like to make things clear right up front, what is the business of Futuri all about? What is your business? Well, so Futuri is simply put passionate about the broadcast industry. Uh, That's why Daniel and Standig and the entire team have really spent over a decade developing technology that helps broadcasters to grow their content, their audience, and their revenue. And even though our tech is really what drives our solutions, many of us are former PDs, OMs, GSMs, market managers. So we've lived the challenges and the opportunities, which helps us deliver the solution. Okay, so now we know who everybody is. Uh, Aaron, can you briefly tell us before we even get started about the research study that was done? How many participants? What kind of research was it? Uh, You know, kind of the basic areas you did probe and for what purposes? And can you give us kind of some numbers, if you will? You bet. So Smith Geiger is one of the most respected research firms in the industry. And so we wanted to partner with them in three different prongs to the research. First of all, we fielded over 2,000 responses from uh, respondents that were between 18 and 74. Smith Geiger does a really excellent job of having a good representation of age, gender, ethnicity, region. So it was a good matchup of the US population. The second piece of the survey was actual focus groups where we talked to over 100 people. These were some of the most real and raw responses that Smith Geiger has ever gotten. There's something about being on a Zoom call with a bunch of other people that evidently freed them up. So you're going to hear some of their responses tonight. And then we also delved in with leaders within the broadcast industry, nearly 200 local leaders, corporate leaders, content developers gave us their sights and forecasts and challenges and what they're focused on in the industry. We're really going to focus tonight on the audience responses rather than the corporate responses. And I think people will find it pretty interesting. I do too. And listen, to be clear, what makes this even more fascinating, at least to me, is that you did look at radio listeners, but let's uh, let's also call them audio listeners and television viewers. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. You're going to hear it directly from the panelists that listening to the radio is no longer an exclusive AM and FM term. Okay. So listen, unless you've been living under a rock, you already know that habits 
were already shifting pre-pandemic. And those habits have been accelerated in some ways and maybe solidified too during the pandemic itself. Consumers, listeners, are on the move. In an increasingly connected world, at least to devices, if not each other, people are voraciously consuming content in a wide variety of platforms, new platforms, exciting things to these consumers. Uh, They're doing it at different times in their lives, and they're doing it at different locations. Their expectations have changed, and they're Uh, there are a lot of ways that they can have expectations of audio connection and content met, not just radio. So I think a lot of people have wondered about the evolution of potential disruption in the world of radio specifically. Can, can we Aaron talk about the study you did with Smith Geiger and specifically what are listeners saying about radio right now? I think some of the best way that we can learn that is just to hear directly from them. So I've got three um, different sets of clips of people talking about what does listening to the radio mean to you? So I'm going to start with the very first clip and we'll hear directly from the panelists. And what I'm interested in understanding is when I say listening to the radio, what does it mean to you? What does it mean to you? Morella, what does it mean to you? Spotify. Spotify. Why do you say Spotify? Because I can just click on it and just listen to anything I want. Okay. All right. Okay. Very good. Terry, what does it mean to you when I say listening to the radio? It means different things based on whether I'm in the car, uh, in which case it's FM radio, probably something that plays a lot of uh, 80s music. And then if I'm at home, it's probably streaming uh, on the laptop. So uh, Pandora music or podcasts. So location has a little something to do with the first set of responses that we hear. Mm. As we go a little further, we start to hear some additional responses. How about you? When I say listening to the radio, what does that mean to you? Uh, for me, the first thing that stands out would be Sirius XM. Mm-hmm. I listen to that in my car and I stream a lot when I'm at work. Um, I also use Spotify. I actually like the, the music options on Spotify a lot more, but I generally listen to talk like um, either Howard Stern or Sports Talk or something like that. Mm. So you can hear in that response that it's not just music that they're tuning to these other alternatives for, it's talk as well. Um, and, and then we also have another set of responses, and this will give you a little bit of pre and post pandemic. Uh, well, before the pandemic, it was definitely AMFM radio because I was commuting to work every day. Now that uh, I'm working from home, it's usually internet radio. Um, like the others have said, uh, I use Amazon Music also um, just to listen to like uh, various music radio stations um, and occasionally podcasts from like NPR. Uh, but whenever I do uh, travel anywhere in the car, I still listen to. FM radio usually. 
I think what's so important about this, Lloyd, is that it was a very open-ended question. What does listening to the radio mean to you? And I should also note that the responses that we've played were based on things that we heard a common thread of. So if there was some wackadoodle offshoot comment that we were hearing, that isn't the kind of thing that we're including as we're sharing the study results with people. We were looking for commonality and themes and threads. And when we asked people, what does listening to the radio mean to you? It was not an exclusively broadcast term. I think that's especially important. I know that when you and I were talking about prepping what we were going to present, we talked about that specifically. And I'm grateful that that is the case, that that what you're hearing when we play these clips, they're representative of a, a, a larger number of people. Aaron, can you talk about why they are choosing other things? Well, this was another common theme that we heard, and that's one of control. So we'll hear it directly from the people. How do you feel when you're listening to the radio? How do you feel? Out of control. <laughs> Out of control! I think it's great to have the more control. You listen to podcasts to stay in the know and learn about things? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. What else? What are other reasons that you guys would choose? Control. Basically, control. I, I'm in control of what I want to listen to, when I want to listen to it. And, you know, it's it's just all about that for me, you know, as, whereas if you listen to the radio, the, the DJ has control. So mm. like control versus the DJ. Oh, you're the DJ, right? The thing with Pandora Premium, you can pretty much program it to play anything that you want. You know, uh, and no guesswork, you know, so uh, I'm in control totally. I can skip 30 songs in a row if I want to. Um, so, again, a little more control. I'm a control freak. Imagine Americans being control freaks. I can't imagine that. Right. So so let me ask this. You know, you said this before, but I want to make sure with this specific thing we're talking about control this goes much deeper than one or two straight comments right yeah that's exactly right lloyd and i want people to appreciate too by the way some of what we're hearing is now and will be feeling a bit daunting our message tonight is not one of doom and gloom it is instead just the desire to give people a realistic look. I mean, this, this study was just in the field in July and early August. This is not information from last year or even first quarter of this year. We want people to have a realistic understanding of what audiences want right now so that we can make the course corrections and be nimble and put the right plans in place to react to what the audiences are telling us. I think that's absolutely true. And especially, you know, I was going to say with with these comments going back to back, you know, look, this is not a, a doomsday thing for radio. This is about being aware of what these habits are and what listeners are actually saying. Exactly right. You have another clip for us here. I do, because playlists came up 
a fair amount as well. So let's hear what they had to say about playlists. Show of hands, who has playlists on a Spotify, YouTube, music, et cetera, streaming service? Who has playlists? Oh my God, all of you guys. Okay, all right. Why do you have playlists? Why not just listen to AMFM radio? I found, I found that, um, especially when it's um, curated by other people, like, um, and I can send it to other people, so it's really easy. And the collections other people um, create, they is really wide encompassing. So they may have come up with songs that I completely forgot about, and it's just, it's just really convenient. I have playlists that I make, but also playlists that other people have made as well. Like if, if I'm at the gym, I listen to my own playlist. Mm. But if I have like, you know, a get together or something like that, I might put on a playlist made by other people because there's some really good playlists out there on Spotify or, you know, on Apple Music. Okay. So. And I don't think playlists are anything new, right? I mean, I remember... Mm-hmm back in the 1980s calling up my local sweet 98 radio station and asking the jock to play a song and that i'd be sitting there with my cassette recorder so that i could have that ready to go in my in my playlist in my arsenal but these folks definitely want a say in what they're listening to well i want to say this too that you hear this language coming from listeners they use the term playlist now that may be just because that's what's prevalent in streaming and that's what they're used to right so let's talk aaron about the big takeaways from this section can we well one of the things that i'll share to kind of tie this all together actually is that from the survey, again, of over 2,000 respondents, we saw a real acceleration from first quarter to second quarter of people increasing the amount of music subscriptions that they were making. Now, I think a lot of us believed that once second quarter started to roll, spring was here, a lot of vaccinations had been received, People were getting out of the house, getting back in the car. I think a lot of people just automatically assumed that folks were going to be coming back to AM and FM radio. When we see the spike in continued increased subscriptions to YouTube music and Spotify and Amazon and all the different ones that people listed, what it really demonstrates is that people spent the last 18 months forming new habits and they're sticking with them. And we just need to be aware that our audiences are making different choices and we're gonna have to be a bit more creative about bringing them back. I think uh, different people talk about how long it takes to form a habit. And so just just go with me here for a minute. I believe uh, the research that I've read says it takes about 30 days about 30 days to form a new habit. How many 30-day periods are we talking about? <laughs> exactly, at least 18. So Okay, so listen, that that's a moment to take in, and it's not an insignificant one. Let's talk about talent now. What do listeners expect from talent on the radio right now? Okay, I'm going to ask people to listen to this open-mindedly and appreciate that this is about instructing how we can respond. We're going to start with the positives, okay? So we're going to talk about things that people like to listen for. So the DJs, you're tuning in. Why? 
Um, just because I like their, um, their daily shows that they do, um, they do certain skits at certain times. So I know in the morning that's going to be happening at a certain time and I'll tune in to hear specifically them. Mm -hmm. Show of hands. Does anybody else have DJs or, um, again, on your local AM and FM stations, do you have any, um, presenters or DJs that you like their banter or their talk or their show? Show of hands. Bridget. Mm -hmm. Okay. Robin Leaf. Eric, a little bit for you. Okay, Daryl, not for you. I think somebody had mentioned earlier about uh, ones that are funny, that um, they have certain things that are always on at, at the top of the hour or whatever. And sometimes it's just interesting to keep up with and how they um, banter back and forth with the people that are with them, co-hosts and stuff like that. Okay. All right. So funny, entertaining, the banter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like um, Magic 102 every morning, they do a recap of Black news, but they don't, but they have like a comedian on there that makes it, you know, like the donkey of the day, the stupidest uh, thief. Um, what's the funniest one? Uh, look who's at the courthouse. And they have a guy outside of the courthouse, I guess, standing out there and saying, now, why are you going in? And you get the funniest stories of why people are going to the courthouse. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. Leaf, you also raised your hand. Why? It helps me feel connected to the local culture. Just keep up to date with um, things happening, uh, just, you know, in the city, in Chicago. Uh, primarily, and they keep me updated on what's going on with uh, the Chicago sports scene. Uh, I like following baseball and basketball. It's interesting to hear. Wait, I, I want to say this. It's equally important to know this. Did, did this study reveal anything about why listeners don't listen to the radio? Well, it did. And so let's remember again, first, the positive, the, the listeners were talking about benchmarks and prepared segments, and those were things that they listened for and liked. Right. They're going to get a little bit more critical. So we'll just all take a deep breath together. As <laughs> if, what words would you guys use to describe local AM FM radio personalities? Corny. Over the top. Yeah. Wait a minute. What was the first one? Oh, corny. Oh, corny. Oh, I thought you said something else. Yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. Over the top. Who said over the top? That was Tara. Okay. Over yeah. the top. Corny. Annoying. Cheesy. Annoying. Annoying. Yeah, cheesy. cheesy. It sounds like you guys agree with that. Cheesy. Fake. All right. Hopefully they're fake and that's not really their personality. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's fake. Hopefully they're being fake. Okay. All right. Got it. Man, all right. Listen, I, I really think that personalities are at the very heart of what makes radio different, special, and relational. Did these participants talk about how radio personalities could actually improve for them what they're looking for? Well, in a society where our every waking thought is foremost on everyone's mind, of course, they, they had some recommendations. So we'll take a listen to that. What could be improved with them in terms of the way that they're addressing you guys, the audience? Keeping their mouth shut. Keeping their mouth <laughs> shut. Maybe, I mean, you can just find much as they do. Say that again, Marilla, what were you going to say? Not talking as much as they do. Not talking as much. Okay. All right. 
Is it is it that they're not is it that you want them to talk less or is it that you want them to talk less about certain things? Like are they talking about things that you guys don't care about? I mean, what is it? I just want them to talk less. I mean, they talk about random things that I just really don't care. Okay, but you said you love like those like Rose Cheater programs. Yes, but that, those are like pranks, and and that is like pranks. Okay. a five minute thing, let's say, and then okay. that's it. But okay. when they start talking about oh, you know, and uh, uh, I don't know, uh, what did you eat today, and blah 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 blah. Well, like when they're talking amongst themselves, is that yeah. Tara? I see you nodding. Is that right? Mm -hmm. You agree with that? I do. Yeah. Okay. Just, talk um, less. Yeah, go ahead. You know, sometimes like there are some instances where I find their conversations, um, you know, amusing or, or whatever, but those are very rare occasions. And usually if I turn on the radio, like I just want music. I don't want to hear what, who these people are. I don't, don't want to hear anything about them. I just want the music. Um, if I want to hear somebody talk, I'm going to find a really interesting podcast. You know, I'm going to listen to something that, you know, stimulates me. You guys agree with that? I see everybody nodding. Yes. I so here's the thing. And this is what I think is really important to listen carefully to what they're saying. They're not actually telling us not to talk. They are saying, show up prepared. Talk about things that I care about. Uh, you know, it, we must have a lot of on-air talent talking about food because it comes up through a lot of the panels, actually. But they, they want to hear what they want to hear, what's interesting to them. That's right. Listen, so this really means more talk focused on what the audience wants. This is about being compelling and being prepared when you open the mic. Do you have something from a listener that you can share about this directly? Not surprisingly, I do. Reach you guys personally, what would they do? Aaron? Maybe if they're like talking about their daily life, but talking about like maybe like new restaurants in the area, new like mm. places to go see live music. That way it kind of like relates back to the community aspect that you get in FM radios. Mm. Um, so it's not just like, oh, I had eggs for breakfast. It's like useful information. <laughs> Useful information. Okay. So Aaron said useful information going back to the community. You guys agree with that? Okay. Yeah. Disagree? Yeah. Matt? More, infor more information on bands or local events uh, or touring or mm -hmm. uh, the local restaurant sounded great. Just just something to be more plugged in and informative than just, you know, their, their, shameless, their shameless self promotion or something like that. It's really interesting talking about local, local, local. I hear that. That's not about where you're broadcasting from. It's about who you're talking to. You know, we'd like to talk about big takeaways from meaningful communication with listeners. What did this research have for us? The big takeaway. I think the biggest takeaway from this is that you cannot afford throwaway breaks. And I mean, ever, whether you're on a full-blown morning show or you get 30 seconds between the breaks or between the commercial stop sets. You have got to make every break count. And I'll tell you, I, I have the, the joy, honestly, these last six years of traveling the country and talking to a lot of talent out there. And believe me, there are great talent and there are prepared people out there. But I've also talked to a lot of people that have said, you know what? 
I've done this for 20 years and I know what my audience wants and I just mm. talk about what's going on in my life and they love it. No, no, they do not. These folks want you to be prepared. And you know, Lloyd, we talk a lot in the industry about radio is all about being live and local and that's true. But mm -hmm. I think other piece that people are missing is we've got to be live and local and interesting. And I'll say this, that it's in all of these comments, you can hear it. We're not the center of the universe. Who's the center of the universe? Well, they are. So we have radio companies that are becoming audio companies, the rise of audio and things like Clubhouse even, right? What about podcast? I think broadcasters want to know, tell us more about what listeners are saying about podcast. Yeah, well, yeah, podcasting, that crazy on-demand sensation that's sweeping the nation. Uh, we heard that come up quite a bit during the interviews, and so we'll hear just a variety of panelist responses here. So you podcast? Are you doing anything else? Now it's mainly podcast through my um, Apple app, and that's not only when I'm driving, but also while working. I just recently found a lot of podcasts that I like, and there's so many that I don't have. It was an hour and a half commute, so I wasn't able to get all of the podcasts that I like to listen to, and so it leaked into my work day as well. I listen to FM radio, and when I'm at home, I listen to a streaming service called Live X Live. Mm -hmm. And often I listen to podcasts, but that's through an app on my phone. Mm-hmm. Typically, I just use Spotify because I have all my playlists organized on there. So if I want to listen to a podcast or like a specific genre, I can jump right to that. Who's listening to podcasts? Show of hands. So you can't see it there, but about half of the panelists responded that they are listening to podcasts. And I think one of the things to note in the responses there, Lloyd, is that they were mentioning a variety of platforms. There are a right. lot of places that people can engage, and they were mentioning a lot of places they go. Well, and we talked about this in the beginning when we started this. We said, look, you know what? Content, audio contents come from a lot of places. There are lots of choices, and the expectation is there are going to be a lot of choices, and now we add to it that they want this control. If you just joined us, we are talking about the findings of the Fichuri Smith Geiger Consumer Listener Research Study that has just been fielded and just completed. This is totally fresh information directly from listeners, and we are not only sharing highlights and critical information from the study, but we are sharing audio directly with you from listeners in the focus group portion of the study. Aaron Callahan is with us from Futuri Media. My name is Lloyd Ford from Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. Now, Aaron, according to the results of this study, why do people listen to podcasts? So I'm going to equate what we hear from this next group of people with, again, that continued theme of show prep and showing up prepared. So we'll hear some of that feedback. All right. And why podcasts? Why do you guys like, what do you like about podcasts? Mental stimulation. Mental stimulation. Terry, so you're nodding. Okay. Joe, yeah. What else do you like about podcasts? Sometimes I just think it's easy to like kind of focus on that if it's like traffic i'm in i don't know it sometimes soothes me more than music does um oh. so if i kind of need to de-stress mm, okay soothing and de-stress joe 
I say the in-depth uh, aspect of it. I used to yeah. really hate uh, watching late night shows because someone I'd like was on and then you only get to hear like five minutes and sometimes you just want to hear like a lot more, especially if you're driving like an hour and a half, two hours. Mm-hmm. Want to get okay. into it. Okay. Well, it's in car. Terry, how about you? Why are you listening to podcasts? Um, just try to get a different perspective on things, a different mm-hmm. view of how the world works and some of the things that are in it. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. You can hear in all of this, the car is mentioned, the car is mentioned, the car is mentioned. Maybe we should talk about what radio and radio personalities might could learn from the best podcast and what listeners think about this. Yeah, because that's the thing that just makes me sad, I guess, for lack of a better word, is that I feel like podcast is something that radio should have owned. We have the 100,000 watt towers and we've got the talent and we've got the shows and and I don't know how we lost this opportunity. Well, well, yes. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to say this too. I don't think that opportunity is lost. We're still on the leading edge of that curve. So there's still opportunity here. I, I yes, that's absolutely right. I just I wish that we were the first people that they were mentioning right. regarding the podcast. But let's hear exactly what they have to say. Do you guys think there's anything that local AM and FM radio stations could learn from podcasts? Substance. Substance. Tara, what do you mean? Instead of the you know just the corny you know flighty nonsense chatter, you know, talk about something that is meaningful. And, you know, if it's going to be a radio station, something that's meaningful for the community right there. Mm. Um, I agree with that because I think that there's just too much that's just forgotten as soon as it's heard almost because it's pointless. Mm. It'd be nice to think about long enough to share it with a friend. Mm. Joe, what do you think? You agree? Uh, I definitely agree with that substance. Um, but other than that, I don't know. I don't feel like AM or FM radio could ever really get what a podcast does. Mm. It just, I feel like you have to, well, with like a lot of AM and FM, you have to follow like FCC guidelines. You can't really say certain words. Mm. And yeah. I feel like uh, that can kind of inhibit some conversations with maybe someone I want to listen to who maybe swears a lot. He wouldn't be allowed on the radio. (laughs) Got it. Okay. Interesting. You guys have all said substance. What is of substance? Like what merits substance, right? Cause like you, you guys, you and Terry, like, like true crime podcasts. Is that, is that substance? Yeah. I mean, it's, it kind of depends. I don't want to hear about like true crime in my neighborhood, but like, (laughs) I mean, if you did like local (laughs) events, I think I would be good with that. Like a series on different, Restaurants in the area, different nonprofits in the area, substance like that. Okay. Okay. Got it. Anybody else? Joe, what does a substance mean of substance? I just think uh, maybe diving into interesting things. Like uh, I was listening to one today. It was about a comedian's like uh, psychedelic trip or something. And I was like, that wouldn't, that couldn't be on the radio. It was interesting. It was just, I like hearing other people's stories and perspectives. I like okay. hearing things that like, Maybe aren't very mainstream. It's just it's cool. Yeah, okay. To that stuff. Okay. So you said oh, other people's stories and perspectives, Terry. I know you said you what you listen to podcasts and get a different point of view. Is that what you would consider substance? Or something else? I, I think something that you can hold on to, something that makes you think a little bit more mm-hmm. than just uh, 
I said, it's just something that goes in one side and out the other. So just something that's a little bit, got to put some thought to it, maybe during and after. Tara, so you're nodding. You agree with that? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, so much on the radio is just mindless chatter, you know, meant for a quick laugh or this or that. But, mm-hmm. you know, if they'd actually take some time to, yeah, to speak on something, you know, in the community, it could be, you know, mm-hmm. a, a number of things to, to grip. Man, I just, I hear show prep throughout all of that, Lloyd. I do too. I do too. And uh, it's really interesting how much they, they really are struggling to talk local a lot. You hear it in their comments. I I also like that they, that on these Zoom calls, you, you get a stray dog. Nothing wrong with that either, right? I was going to say that was their dog, not mine. My husband is taking care of my three (laughs) rescue pups. So that was on the calls, not me. Very excellent. And uh, did you talk about behind the scenes a little bit? Or or have we passed by that? No, we got some follow-up on that because um, it came up in a previous clip. But here's some additional thoughts on that. Great. You said you love those contests and listen to the cheaters and it's entertaining. And you said they entertain mm-hmm. you and you're laughing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, would you miss, would you miss that? I mean, would you, would you need to find some other outlet for that? Well, no, I mean, that's what podcasts are for. So, I mean, basically it's everything that happens behind the scenes. So it, it may be a little bit more rough, but it's the same thing. I mean, I because a lot of stuff they can't even put on the radio. So mm. if if they did the roses thing and all of a sudden the guy's cussing up a storm because he got caught or she got caught, mm-hmm. um, you go to the podcast and find out exactly what he said. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. She's talking about a specific bit there. And really what they're talking about is the ability to be as authentic and as raw as possible. Okay. So here's a question, Aaron, that we talk about with clients all the time. Are podcasts good for time shifted or original material or content? Did you address that in the study? So Futuri says both. Um, Based on just what we know from working with people in the field, based on other studies that we've done with University of Florida and Nielsen and other research projects that we've done, we really see a distinct and useful path for both. On the original podcast side of things, that's where you have the opportunity for a deeper relationship with the audience. Um, You know, I mentioned my husband's taking care of our three rescue pups. That might be interesting to a fraction of people that are out there. But for those people that are passionate about animal rescue, we could have us a conversation around that. So a longer conversation that gives me more opportunity to talk about niche things, to talk about things that I wouldn't be able to expand on on the air. Also, go ahead. No, please. Well, I I also was going to go back to pointing this out that these are missed opportunities for on-air talent of a wide variety getting in these lanes and creating things that that create a, a greater depth of relationship with their audience well and not just that um you know they talked about the unfiltered and the the saying words that you can't say otherwise but here's the other benefit of the original side of, of content we don't have as much of a farm team in this industry as we once did, right? We don't, Mm -hmm. 
lot of overnight talent or seven to midnight or weekenders. Podcasts can be an opportunity to groom that next generation of talent and see where our next morning show or afternoon show or midday personality might be. So there are real benefits in the original podcasts, but the time shifted side of things. Now, first of all, if you're in a PPM market, the ability to (laughs) grab additional ratings from PPM encoded time shifted audio is absolutely a benefit. But regardless, Mm -hmm. we heard a lot about control from the panelists, right? With a lot of people these days, they're starting their morning with Peppa Pig instead of their favorite morning show because their work schedule got rearranged as a result of the pandemic. We still want them to be able to hear that content in a time-shifted way. And here's the other thing that I would mention. We heard from several of the panelists you know, I have an hour and a half long commute or I'm I'm looking for something over an hour in length. Yes. Well, through, through a study that we did with the University of Florida, we also discovered that if a young man is going to sit down to lunch and he thinks it's going to take 10 minutes to eat that sandwich, he just wants a 10 minute long podcast. And so taking that time shifted audio, both the longer form show content and then the smaller like snackable, shareable, really juicy segments, pulling that out from the whole show and making those independent standalone opportunities. Now you're serving lots of different lengths of content to reach different needs and fill different time voids that people are trying to fill. Jen, let's don't forget that FOMO, as people talk about this fear of missing out, is not only just missing a piece of content, like that one listener that was talking about, I I really wanted to know exactly what this person did with the roses bit. What did they actually do? But FOMO can also be, you know, I don't want to listen to something that's longer than the opportunity I have because I might, I'm first, I'm not going to be able to finish it and I may not ever finish it. So I don't want to get started with something and then lose out on it. Let's talk about how listeners judge podcast according to the study, because I know that you all looked at this. Well, we did. And it's a concept that we're really wanting radio to embrace. And that's that of the conditional tune in. And here's what I mean by that. If I'm in the car and I'm listening to the radio and I don't happen to like the song or the segment that I'm listening to, I punch the button. I listen for a few seconds and I decide if what I've heard is interesting and I decide to stay or not. With podcasts, the way that people are evaluating that conditional tune and why I'm going to choose to listen to a podcast, it has three components. The first is an image. So if I see an image of Carrie Underwood, my eye is immediately going to tell me this is a podcast about or hosted by Carrie Underwood. The next thing is a keyword or a description of what I'm going to be listening to. So if it's telling me about um, a new project that she's working on or a new co-host for the CMAs, now I know it's Carrie and this is what she's going to be talking about. And the third component is that runtime. Because exactly to your point of FOMO, if I only have 10 minutes to listen, I don't want to start an hour-long podcast. I'm going to have to dive out of it and I may never get back to it. But if I'm driving for the next two hours, 10 minutes isn't nearly enough time. And so that runtime based on the commitment that I'm prepared to give you is vital in choosing whether or not I listen to that podcast. So again, an image, 
a description of the content, and a runtime. Those are the three components that people are choosing podcasts. Aaron, this is really rich content for people to take in. And I just want to remind everybody that we will be making this available in our podcast after this event so that you can take time. You can listen to this more than one time. Aaron, let's do the bonus round, right? Uh, we might call this, or I might call this, Lloyd's Pet Peeves. I don't know. Can we have a chat about video? Because I know that both you and I have talked about this extensively. We might both be on a kind of a our independent tear war path about video specifically. I see this in a wide variety of research and practical execution with my clients. You work with it at Futuri Media all the time. What about video and consumers, listeners? What's really happening? Well, for sure, the study highlighted that radio has got to get in the video game. And I do mean in a meaningful way, because as we looked at the things that people, and this is now from the survey responses of over 2000 people, as we looked at the things that they're doing more of, it's social media and it's video content. So one of the first things to know there is that regardless of age, even though our younger audiences are going to things like TikTok and Instagram and other places, people are still predominantly starting the day with Facebook. And so a huge recommendation for any live morning show is to be engaging folks on Facebook during the show, ideally with video, but at the very least, if you can be using time-shifted audio to let people know, here's who we're talking to right now, join the conversation. Here's who we're going to be talking to. Harnessing that social media audience during your show, especially on Facebook, because that's where people are predominantly starting the day, vital for bringing new audience into your show. Okay, listen, one of the most difficult things to get morning shows to understand, and sometimes program directors, right, is uh, 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 consistently executing something really that I feel is extraordinarily important, which is, of course, being there in video form on social media, and especially Facebook first thing in the morning. I feel that we should spend some extra time talking about this, kind of slow down and take a little time to talk about it. And, and I'll start by just saying this to you. These people that you're broadcasting to, they get up in the morning now and they reach for their smartphone. And with the audio off in bed, they'll, they'll scroll and watch things. And if that's not true, They've gotten up and they've taken their smartphone into the bathroom, the actual bathroom with them. This is big. How big a deal uh, could this possibly be, right? Can you place a value on this for personalities and managers that, that will help them understand how big this is? Well, okay. So here was... The, the study that we did was both for radio and for television. I mean, this was a massive st uh, study. That yes. On the TV side of things, just to give you a sense, and maybe we can all mark this as the day that our society went off the rails, but people are now, for the first time since Smith Geiger has been doing this study, people said that they're in part getting their news from the late night talk shows. Now, it's not because Jimmy Kimmel has all the answers. It's because the late night talk shows have done a masterful job 
of repackaging their content for YouTube. And then mm -hmm. people can go out to YouTube and find that content and discover it. I've got to tell you, we at Futuri, we have devoted a lot of our energy and resources and technology development around adding video components to a lot of our platforms because we just believe passionately that radio has got to be using video to bring their audiences into the station, whether for station discovery, to promote contests, their own talent, to engage in ways other than just the audio, we have got to be in the video business as well. Well, I want to say this too, that I, I have come to just feel that if you, if you remember the old days, and we're not doing the old days because the old days are over, but if you remember the old days, radio was a lot more visible than it is today. Radio is invisible. Do you know why Google bought YouTube? Do you know the story of that? I don't. I think you should tell it. Well, listen, Google, pretty smart people, right? Especially those two guys at the top. But let's just include them all because the people that are working on the products of Google are, are just pretty damn smart, okay? They were afraid. Afraid. What were they afraid of? They were afraid that people would stop using words. Here they have this search engine, and they're like, you know what? Here's where the threat's going to come from. No kidding. They wanted another way for people to search for things without words. How big is YouTube? I think we know kind of the answer to that. What role does it play according to your research? YouTube. Well, so this is where, whether it's YouTube or Facebook video or any other ways that people are getting their video content, um, I look at this and I, I heard this phrase from a really smart person on a panel earlier in August. She was talking about new minutes. And what she meant by that was the time that we're filling that we used to be just standing around, oh, I don't know, talking to each other or reading a book. Right. You know, when I, if people are still actually going to the grocery store, as I'm standing in line waiting to check out, I'm scrolling through video content on my phone. As I wait to pick up the kids from soccer, scrolling through video content on my phone. If I'm watching TV at night and there's a commercial break, I'm on my phone scrolling and looking at video. And, you know, the captions, I'm sure, feed into what they were afraid of, people not using words. But how often as we do that, do we have the sound off on our phone? Right. We're watching the captions. It's, it's a big reason why we added captions to our podcast platforms, why we add captions to our instant video platform. We want to make sure that people are going to stay engaged with the content because captions is how people are looking at a lot of video content. Well, and I talked about this. There are situations. What, now, look, I've been in restaurants where people just pull their smartphone up and, and they plug the audio into everybody's experience in the restaurant. And, of course, that makes you so angry. But that's where we are. These, these people, our listeners, they, their phones are, are as much to them in many ways as their automobiles are. It's much the same kind of thing. What kind of model you have, what kind of service you have, kind of a big deal. So when you're looking at these kinds of opportunities, you're thinking about these people. You know, the, one of the things that I wanted to kind of slip in here as we're having this conversation is that, look, uh, 
in the old days, I'm a word guy. I love words. I did a, a little personal research of my own, and it turns out I'm the only one. The only one. Okay? People have left words. I know that's a shock, but it's true. And then they went to pictures. So you see that and you see the advice in social media. Always post with a picture. Always post with a picture. Well, guess what? I think that's died now. I really do. I think people want the video. That is what they want. So, Aaron, can can we do a recap right quick? Just talk about some highlights and 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 kind of sum it up for us right quick. And, and then I've got one other thing to do with you, too. Sure, absolutely. So I would say from this segment of the research, and by the way, there was far more than we could ever fit into one session without just taking forever. So there's a lot more to go through. But from what we discussed tonight, first of all, yes, people are getting back in the car, but they're still choosing at a high rate to go with subscription services. So the car can no longer be viewed as territory that we own. We've got to be aware of that and make sure that we're engaging with people and bringing them back in a lot of different ways. We can never, ever afford throwaway breaks. People remember the bad breaks. They love the benchmarks, but they are punishing when they talk about the throwaway breaks. Podcasting is absolutely everywhere. And people are choosing a lot of different places to get their podcasts. So as you get into the podcast space, you want to distribute it as many different places as you can put it out there because people have lots of choices. And you really want to embrace that idea of that conditional tune-in to have an image, a description, and the runtime with your podcasts, mm -hmm. whether it's original or time-shifted, because both have tremendous value. And then you really have got to please, in the name of all that is good and holy, please embrace video and social because it's where our audiences are. I love that you said that so much. I'm going to make you say it again. Would you, would you please just say those words again? Because again, I feel like radio is not as visible as it once was. And by the way, that's a tragedy. That's wrong. Yeah, we absolutely must be where our audiences are and where they are is consuming video and social media content. I love it. Listen, don't forget, our next special event is October 1st with Guy Zapolian. It's music research rotations. Simply put, if you want to know how to be a badass music programmer or music director, you'll find a way right here, October the 1st, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Don't forget, today's live event will be to podcast. Write this down. The Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast and the Encouragers Innovation and Audio Podcast. Yes, we think this is important enough for this event to be shared in both of our podcasts. Those podcasts will become available soon after the end of this live event. Wherever you get your podcast, our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. Aaron, you know this, we're, we're the Encouragers here on Clubhouse. That's what this group is about. It's about encouraging radio pros at all levels. Do you have any kind of last words of encouragement for us? 
Well, I sure hope so, because nothing that we discussed tonight was meant to be a downer. It was meant to really just offer up some real information. But I have to tell you, we really at Futuri and I personally, we believe that this is the best time ever to be in radio. And yes, the industry has challenges. But something that I like to say is that if it was easy, everyone would do it. And so Futuri just cares passionately that this industry can thrive and grow and pivot and be meaningful. It's why we've spent over a decade developing technology so that the time-starved people out there, the folks wearing a gazillion hats, the folks that are working on shoestring staffs, so that they can do more with less time and less resources so that they really can grow their content and their audience and their revenue. Well, you think about how out of control people's lives have been over the last 14, 16 months or whatever. They want this control. And look, things are getting easier. Technology is making this kind of work easier for us. And by the way, it's making it lethally easy for listeners to choose content, audio content, the way that they want to choose personalities that they want to get engaged in. You see this with different influencers, right? Can you give us your email address, Aaron, so that people can reach out if they want to know more about Futuri Media or especially this research project? Oh, you bet. Thank you, Lloyd. It's Aaron, E-R-I-N, at Futuri Media. It's F-U-T-U-R-I media.com. Okay, very good. Now, listen, uh, please know you can get all kinds of free resources anytime, 24-7 at our free blog, RainmakerPathway.com. It's right on that site. We love sharing ways local radio can move ahead. And in fact, this podcast will first appear on our website in our free blog section within about an hour, maybe less from the time that this event ends. I do want to say a big thank you to Aaron. And Aaron, I got to say this too. You know, you talk about you've got much more information. You are invited back anytime to this room with the encouragers. We love your content and the way that you are sharing and giving and passionate about radio. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate Daniel and your entire team allowing us to share this kind of immediate research from Fituri and Smith Geiger, because we know this did not come easily. People have to pay for research. I know that my clients uh, want to be in step with what listeners want right now. This is a great way to do that is to get a tune up on what is it that listeners are saying right now. I, I know that the work that you're doing with Futuri is about making that easier, smarter, and faster for radio. I'm grateful that we have an opportunity to bring this kind of content to folks via Clubhouse and our podcast. Thank you to Futuri Media and your team for making that happen. If you've uh, been listening to this and wondering about more, reach out to Aaron. You can reach out to me. We can get you connected. Absolutely. You know, I like to say this. Once you have a radio station, you can get anything else that you want. Specifically, let me be specific about what I mean. Get on these social media platforms. Meet these listeners where they are. Get engaged in creating rich video content. Oh, and this, be kinder than you have to be. We all need it. Thank you for being an encourager, and good night.